What's going on, everybody? This is Black Myth Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. This is a show about generational wealth, about finance, about wealth in general. So joining us today, we have a brother, um, Alan Leslie. This brother has 16 years of accounting experience. He's a CFO of a nonprofit in Nashville, and he's the owner of, a, of an accounting firm. Excuse me, my tongue's struggling today. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Brother Leslie. So thanks, I appreciate that, appreciate that. Uh, thank you all for inviting me. I love this platform. Uh, I'm all about it, I'm all about educating. I'm all about growing, uh, growth. I'm big on us sharing knowledge and making sure we, we take use platforms to empower ourselves and uh, as far as growth and things of that nature. So this, this, is, this is incredible, I like this, man. So um, anyway, uh, I am from the, originally from the US Virgin Islands. Um, I came here to go to college which I did, uh, become an accountant. Uh, the, re- the reason why I decided to become an accountant was because uh, my dad was a banker and I wanted to be like my dad, right? Everybody wants to be like my dad. So he was just, he was just a banker at um, a local bank there in the Virgin Islands. And I said, I want to be a banker like my dad. And someone says, well, if you be a banker like your dad, you're not going to make any money. So <laughs> you, you, want, you want to become an accountant. So that way you always have a job. So this wasn't obviously like investment banking and out of New York Street and Wall Street and stuff like that, right? We're talking like in the local level. So I was told you want to become an accountant because that way you always have a job and you get a job that's like high paying, right? From there, I also I never wanted to limit myself, right? So becoming that accountant, I would say, well, let me try to get everything that I could get to make sure I could set myself up to be in the best position possible to uh, get the higher earning income, if you will. Uh, be able to open doors so I can be uh, at those companies and those places that other else wouldn't have the opportunity to be. And so that's how my trajectory went that way. Now, as far as, I guess, my career-wise, uh, I'm a CPA, I'm a CFE, I got my master's in accounting. Uh, I had about nine years at Cat Financial, where uh, a Fortune 500 uh, company, Fortune 50 company, actually, a very, a very great company, uh, where I really cut my teeth as far as uh, corporate experience is concerned, uh, studying a plethora of different things in accounting. But I always had a, um, I guess, a little secret about myself that I never want to share with people because I was so embarrassed about it. And uh, that secret was that my father passed when I was the age of 10. And everyone knew that. Like Everyone knew that my father wasn't around. But he passed at the age of when I was 10 years old. And as a result of that, he had an insurance policy. And that insurance policy, uh, I was a beneficiary where I got close to $200,000 just for me, right? Here, you get this at 18, you're gonna get, this is yours. And I had an idea maybe 17, is when my mom started kind of saying, hey, go to college, choose the college you're choosing, don't worry about it, just go to college, you know, just do what you want. But at, at that point, you know, I wasn't mature enough to really understand what was happening. Then at 18, I met with my mom and the attorney. At 18, I'm like 38 now. I was still a kid in my head. I'm still, you know, I'm very, I was very immature considering looking back. And I definitely got access to this money way too soon. And so at 18, I'm sitting with the attorney and my mom and he's explaining to me that, hey, you're gonna get access to this money to do whatever you wanna do. And I'm just like, okay. And they're telling me, my mom is saying, hey, Alan, Make sure you don't do anything stupid, don't do anything silly. 
Remember, your dad had to die for you to get this money, right? Easy come, easy go. Like all the, the things that a mom at that point sh should have done, we uh, <laughs> would do, except for maybe give me access to it. Maybe that's what she should have done. She's like, I'm not going to give you access to this thing. And I took it and I was studying accounting. This is the, the main thing I want people to take away from this. I was in college studying accounting, being trained to do handle people's money. And now I have my own money and I don't know, I don't know what to do. Right. So there's, there's a disconnect on what our the, the collegiate system or the education system is doing. There's a disconnect there. Right. No one teaches you how to handle your own money. People teach you how to be a cog in someone else's wheel to handle someone else's money. Right. Got money and I just did what an 18 year old would do. So by I was 21, uh, but my senior year of college, I needed to get a college loan. That shouldn't have been the case. The money was completely done. I couldn't tell you right now that one thing that I got. I can't tell you because I just don't know because I just kept spending. I just, you know, was, I would go to Atlanta, I would buy gears. I had a Honda Accord, I would put all kind of money in it. They put a 15 inch sub in it. Uh, I would go to St. Thomas all the time, which is where I'm from. I go twice a year and I would buy my girlfriend at the time, buy, buy a little jewelry, whatever it is. They can act like a big shot. I take the bill, I take care of everyone. 21, I was, I was flat broke, like flat broke. And I had $10,000 in credit card debt. I had a student loan, maybe about, I don't know, 35, 40 or something like that. Cause I had one for the first year that kind of came out with the last year, maybe $40,000 of debt, uh, $10,000 in um, credit card debt. I was in an apartment. I didn't own anything. I guess I had to own that Honda, still had that. Um, at that point, uh, the Honda was starting to fall apart, you know, and I was just kind of a mess. And I just, I would cry to myself. Now, my, my, my wife at the time, I remember sitting to her and I was like, I failed. So my mom told me that this was going to be, your father had to die for this money, for you to have this money. I had the bag and I dropped the bag. I failed. And I was, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I was really down about it. And so I really used to get really emotional about it. So when I finally got that first financial awakening, it was probably... 22, 22, 23, I was like, wait a minute, Alan, you, you got to shake it up. You, you got to get, you got to get it under control. And that's when I decided I created a budget, an Excel budget for myself. And I said, are you going to dig yourself out of this? Right. Because what I did not want to do is just be down on myself and not do anything about it. You know, like I, I figured I have to take control as much as I can. You know, I, I got to do what I have to do. So I, was, I started looking for another job, just started taking myself out of this credit card debt. Uh, thank God I got a raise at, at the state at the time, so I didn't have to do that. Uh, they offered, like, you could take one course per term in order to, uh, what, this is long with the state institution, they would give you one course per term for free. So I decided I was going to do that. Uh, so I did summer, fall, spring. I took, a, I took a class while working, studied on the weekends. When I got a little money, I would double up like double up in the summer, double up in the fall. So you can get those credits because I needed those credits in order to sit for the CPA exam. So when you do that, that accounting trajectory, there are like two levels, right? First is like, do you have enough credits to sit for the CPA exam? Well, let's say the first level, do you have an accounting degree? Cool. Do you have enough hours to sit for the CPA exam? Yes. Then that kind of bumps you up. It's like, okay, this, this guy, we, we might, you know, we can look at this guy because he has enough hours to sit because that's, that's the first like rum you got to, the rum you got to pass. Um, then it's like, do you have your actual CPA license? And that's the big one. Once you get that, then it's like, you know, as an accountant, there's kind of like 
there's no job you can't have per se. At that point, it's like only experience is holding you back at that point. So the doors really open up at that point. So I get hyper-focused on that. Why getting hyper-focused on my budget? Created this Excel. I still use it to this day. It's, it's evolved, but I still use it to this day. My budget was down to literally, quite literally a dollar. I would budget down to the dollar. Everything had to be accounted for. And I kept, I kept at it, knocked down this one credit card, consolidated it into one credit card, focused on that, started saving faithfully, started bringing my lunch to work. I remember the guys at work, Nelson knows those guys, these guys would clown me at work. I would come with my, my lunch pail. The, the island boy got his lunch pail, bro. Look, look at that, look at Island boy, he got his lunch pail. They would, <laughs> so, so they would clown me, but I was like, hey man, I, I got places to go. Like, and, and so they even do, they would clown me about like study. You, you get it, I got to study, I got to study. And they would clown me about that too. I was like, yo man, I don't know about y'all, but this is not it for me. I got places to go. So I had, I, I got to keep going. And so when I first started knocking those things down one by one, get one credit card down, put it on the other, get this uh, close this card, uh, the store cards, close that out, clean that up, get more money, keep focusing. Got the job at the at Caterpillar would really just change my trajectory as far as earnings is concerned. Then I was able to say, okay, let me put, I could put more money aside for this thing. I put money more aside saving for this. Uh, bought, bought my first house after the market crash, but you know, I mean, right before the market crash, I got it high, but whatever. Uh, I just really put myself on a disciplined track and open myself, which I am already to information. So I'm very open to information. Like I know enough to know that I don't know everything. So the information is always out there. There's always something else you can learn. You could always improve. You can always get better at something. You can always learn something from whomever. You can learn something from a child. So I'm always listening for ideas, listening for uh, different strategies. And I'll mold it over my head. Does that make sense? How can I fit this into my world? And if it can, I'll, I'll use it. If I can't, this is what, maybe this isn't for me. And that from there, there was this uh, success that I kind of put myself on where I got a caterpillar and then I just, you know, I got, I got promoted and I went all these different types of different roles. I caterpillar was kind of writing through the ranks and everything. Got to the point where, uh, paid off my college debt. I was not in credit card debt, which I'm still not to this day in credit card debt because I hate it, right? Right now I hate non-performing debt and everyone should hate non-performing debt. Meaning that debt isn't performing for you, meaning you can get a return off of it, you should hate that. You wanna, you wanna debt that, you don't want that. So got to the point where the only debt I had was my mortgage, which is like the performing debt and it's performing in the sense that you, first of all, you have to live somewhere. Uh, second of all, it appreciates, right? It's the one thing in America that no matter what happens, that on the market, that the real estate and equities in America, no matter what, is going to is going to go up. It's going to have a time where it's going to go down. They're going to talk about it like it's the worst thing ever. The world's going to come to an end. The world's come to an end maybe three or four times in our in our generation. Here we are to this day, right? So it never it's never absolute. They always talk about it like it is, but you just have to be patient and stick with it, right? Got to the point where I almost hit a ceiling in the sense I hit a crossroad where. I was in accounting, there was no other black accountant that's where, where I was at. And that, that felt weird to me, felt strange to me. There was a, there was a strange pressure there. Uh, and also on top of that, they were working the bejesus out of me. And I didn't have time to spend with my family. So I got into, I, 
I mean, there was a crossroads there where it was like, okay, I'm providing for my family. Um, the bills are paid, but I don't see my daughter. Am I really accomplishing what I'm supposed to be doing here? And my father, I wouldn't see him either because he was always working late hours. He was also a Caribbean man, so there's that. So, but I wouldn't see him as much. So now, now I felt like I'm doing the same thing in a different sense that he was doing to me because I really saw seeing him was a treat. And I was like, my child seeing me shouldn't be a treat. So I had to make the hard decision to, to leave that company, uh, which I did. And knowing that something else was out there for me that would allow me to not only be successful accounting wise, but also allow me to use the, uh, the information that I have in this whole long experience of accounting, plethora of accounting to uh, benefit a company in a, in a different situation. Uh, so an opportunity came where I could be a CFO for a nonprofit agency here in Nashville, which uh, I took, which has been fantastic. Uh, because now not only um, do I get to use all the skills that I've, I've earned and I've, I've, I've gained through all the years, uh, it also gives me uh, flexibility to have uh, time to do the things I want. And the things that I want to do as well, in addition to that, is grow my own firm, which I have. So I have uh, Lessie CPA Consulting, uh, this is CPN Consulting PLLC, which I do tax services, uh, I do subscription-based services, I do remote CFO services, and uh, that has grown. So over the time that I've left Caterpillar, and many would probably see that, because I got funny looks when I left, uh, that I didn't necessarily go for more money, but now where I'm at now, I'm making more money way more money that I've made while I was with Caterpillar because now I have my business that has grown that's supplemented that income now. So it's not just one source of income. So I have a rental, I have rental income, I have rental property. I just sold, I have two, I just sold one because uh, I'm trying to you know, re-strategize. I have, of course, my 95 business. Uh, I have equities, I have non-retirement equities, which I invest on my own. I do all the research on myself because I think everyone can, has the ability and the knowledge to do that. I also manage, self-manage my own retirement account as well. Uh, obviously, I have the home that I live in. And through that came, I need to share my story. And so I started an Instagram and a social media presence, which is called Six Figures to Bigger Figures, which is my story of how I inherited, lost, regained, and will surpass a six-figure net worth. So it's a journey. I haven't surpassed a six-figure net worth, but I'm 70% there. So I'm closer to it than I... Them not. And if I just put it in neutral, I just course it out, I'll be there maybe in five, six years or so. I'm pretty sure if I just course it out, but I'm not. Like I'm still grinding, I'm still growing my business, I'm still investing in different things. And true diversity of, uh, of income or, or true, um, yeah, what do you consider to be putting your eggs in one basket and diversifying your investments? To me, that true diversity is. Real estate, it's equities, and uh, it's and it's business, right? I'm trying to do all of that on my own. If you want to be successful in this country, you have to own things. This is a capitalistic country, capitalistic society. It's been that way. We're not going to change it. No one's going to change that. It's their American way. So if you if you want to play, if you want to win 
you have to take, you have to, you need a chip, you need to play. And if you don't play, you're going to get played. And that's a harsh reality I had to kind of tell myself or realize on my own that without chips, you're going to lose. And chips are assets. You have to have assets, real assets. I like, I love me a pair of Yeezys, but it's not, it's not going to appreciate for me. It's not going to do anything for me. You know, I, I have, uh, I probably say, because I love it, I have an Acura now that's, oh, it's nine years old, nine, yeah, going to 10 years old. Love that thing. I don't have a car note. So there's no car notes in this family because having a car note for me is a non-performing debt. I don't believe in non-performing debt. The debt that I have is this home, which is a high quality asset. The other debt I have is my rental property, which pays for itself and more and gives me income. Performing asset. Right? The only time I'm going to get in debt is when I'm getting a performing asset. If it's not a performing asset, I'm not getting any debt for it. Right? So I'm big on educating people through that platform, through any opportunity that I have to give my story now, because now I feel it's a gift that I have that can give to people. So if anyone runs into money unexpectedly and doesn't know what to do with it, I don't want them to go through what I did. If I invested that money back then, I will be five times over a millionaire at this point, right? It would, because if you look at what the market has done in 2000, what is it, 2001, two, dating myself right now, 2002 to now. So, but everything happens for a reason and uh, I'm just happy to have this platform, happy to be here. So I appreciate the opportunity. I think I've been rambling for a bit, so I'll stop now. Yeah, uh, thank you, Alan, this is Joseph. Uh... I want to say appreciate your time on the call and your transparency. I'm sorry that you lost your dad. And I want to let you know, you know, not alone. A lot of us, you know, probably came across some money or what little money we, we did have and blew it. You know, um, it's just a part of life. You live and you learn. But I'm happy to hear that, you know, you're, you're doing well with yourself and sharing your testimony with us. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it, man. I, 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 see, it as, um, I see it as a gift. Everything happens for a reason, you know, so... As soon as I uh, came to that realization that you know, I was put here and, uh, in, a situ in that situation to help others, everything became a whole lot more clear for me now. So now it's something I used to be embarrassed about, but now it's, it's a tool now. Now it's a strength for me, right? Because uh, now I still, thank God, I still have life. I still have strength. I have knowledge. Now I can use that knowledge going forward now. And, and, also share the knowledge with others right because again it's not for me just to hold on to right it's here for me to share it so any opportunity that i have to share it i'm going to share it uh with the intention that persons will not walk in the same do the same things that i did because it, it, it's not it's not worth it i mean at the time it might be worth it but it may feel fun but it's not worth it the thing is there's this things about like high quality items. If you look at anything that's high quality, it takes long to prepare, right? It, it has staying power. Uh, some many times it doesn't have all the glitz and glamour to it, but things that are worth, really truly worth something, they don't just flash, right? Those the flash in the pan things, they flash and they burn out. The things that are really truly of, of substance they call diamond, right? It takes forever for a diamond to be formed, right? Because it takes time. So it's all about patience. We have to reframe our mind as far as what we should expect at what time. 
what we should do for at, at what time. We have to reframe that, right? Like, you know, you take care of yourself, you stay healthy, in your mind, in your body, in your spirit, you, and you live on and you do those things, you plant those seeds, you plant those spiritual seeds, you plant those monetary seeds, you, uh, you plant those physical seeds, you go to the gym, whatever it is, right? And you get the results. The results will come as you, you will reap what you sow. So you have to uh, plant things, not just have high quality seeds, if you will, but have high quality soil and where you're planting those seeds, right? The persons you're, you're dealing with, the persons you're talking to, you're spending your time with, you know, there has to be someone that you're going to get. I'm not saying you should use people, but selfishly, if you're someplace and you're dealing with some people that are just taking you and pulling you and dragging and just take building your spirit down, taking you down, you got to cut that person off, man. You know, because you're not in the right soil. You need to get yourself in the right soil. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with, with you know, positive thoughts. You know, you are your thoughts. You are what you think. You know, and so I'm just in this past, I don't know, I'm constantly growing, right? In this past five years or something, like mentally, I've, I've just completely made like, a, I feel like a 180. And, and it's no doubt or iota of doubt that I won't become a multimillionaire. Like, to me, it's like, it's just a matter of time. It's easy money. It really is like, it's, it's easy money for me right now. Like I got investments that go and I have private equity investments that that pops, I'm out of here. I have some stocks I'm in, that pops. I'm out of here. I have real estate that I currently own that I live in. That's already popping. So I'm about to be out of here. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, um, just high quality assets, man. This is the game. You, you play with what cards you have. That's the cards you have. You play what you have. Play something else. Play that card. You know, you just got to keep playing. Now, another thing you say, high quality assets. But what? So what advice would you give us? So like, someone's coming from a low-income family, you know, growing up, uh, growing up into money, who may not, you know, understand financial literacy. Of course, they don't teach us that in school. Like right. Nelson, he, so like, example, Nelson, right? Nelson's in a great place. Uh, so his kids probably have a better sense of financial literacy versus someone who's growing up in poverty. So let's say those two kids come come on the same account, same type of money. Nelson's kids probably gonna you know do investments, things like that. But the other kids gonna go buy, like go buy Jordans, go buy Lexus. So items that diminish. So how could you change the narrative for those low income, you know, uh, people who can run into money? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, the first thing is it's 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 a mindset, right? Like you have you have to understand that awareness of where I am and where I want to be, right? So the first is that self-awareness is like, okay, this is where I'm at. Am I happy with where I'm at? This is something I'm comfortable with, right? Because if I just want to hang out and just be here, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But just understand that you're just going to stay, you're going to stay there. This is what it is. Now, if you're somewhere and you're not happy and you feel like I would like to increase my net worth, I would like more. I would like to experience different things. Then you have to make that mental switch of what's important and what's priority. So I would say with that, you understand what your goals are, where you have to be, where you would like to be. And you change that, you exchange that short-term return, that short-term, um, uh, what I'm looking for, gratification. You change that to a long-term gratification. You delay your gratification. That's what I was going to say. More, most things that are worth things are with delayed gratification, right? The, the, the home 
that uh, that I, I'm renting out right now. I got it for like 117, and doing the uh, downturn, it went down to like 80,000, and I could have just panicked and sell it there. Now it's worth like 200,000, and it's, it's netting me 500 dollars a month. Right, patience. So you, you delay your delay your gratification. So so with those persons, I would say first invest your time, invest your mind, and any resources you have in things that are fruitful. Like it's a good soil. You get uh, you get a job, you have to make more money, right? So obviously make that clean money, not that money that's going to get you in trouble, that's going to take you away from your family, uh, take you away, put you in a system where they're going to make money off of you. It's another thing too. Right. And we yeah. all know that they, they put you in that system and they make money off of you. Right. You're a tool for them. So you got to see you can't be a tool for anyone else. Right. You got to be a tool for yourself. Right. You can improve on yourself. You take whatever you get. You find out what makes the money, what you enjoy, and you go towards that. What is it that I need in order to be successful in this thing? Find out what you need to do to get more money for that. Then you invest in that. When, then when you get some money, you have a budget, you set a plan, right? Because the budget is the financial plan. You set a financial plan and you say, this is, these are my expenses and this is what I need, food, water, shelter, what's remaining, okay? I'm gonna, I need to save that. I need to get in the habit of saving. That's another thing that's very important, that habitual habit of saving. This is a book that I would recommend to anyone. Called, uh, it's called Automatic Millionaire. It's a great book. And it just talks about how you can do things, make it automatic where you don't think about it and it will get you there. Like make your payments, make your mortgage payments automatic, make your saving automatic, get in the habit of it where now it's a part of you, it's part of your, it's part of your lifestyle. And you do these things and over time, you're going to look back and you're going to have, you'll be impressed about of what you did, but you have to, you just got to start. So the main thing is, the number one thing was the mindset. And the second thing is, is take action. Don't sit on what you're thinking of. Just take action today. Don't say, you know what? I'm going to start next Sunday. I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to start, in, I'm wait till next year. 2022, I'm going to start January. No, you start right now. Like, it doesn't matter. You start right now. Just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up. I'm going to look at what I got going on, make sure I'm not putting my money in things that are not performing. And I don't mind the Jordans, you know, like, that's fine. You 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 know, you could floss it out a little bit, right? But like you have to have a budget. So if you have a budget and there's a discretionary part of your budget to say, well, all right, I already saved, I already you know, if you tithe, I already tied my 10%, I already saved my 10%, I already paid all my bills, I got a little something right here. You know, I'm gonna put that that little whatever that's mean, I'm gonna put that over in this pot so I can get this thing, whatever that thing is, right? To take you know, like I said, I like I like me some easy. I I'll spend two hundred twenty on some easy's easy. I've done it right, but you know, it's <laughs> but it's like I don't do that every week. You know, like there has to be a balance to it. So it's okay to get these things, but understand what really is worth it. Like I understand that's not going to be worth much. What's really worth is when I see Apple stock take a five percent dip. Yeah, I want some of that. When you start seeing the money move like that, it changes, it switches your mindset. Mm -hmm. It does something to you. The first time I see, I saw like my asset, my real estate started to appreciate, it did something to my mind. The first time I saw my equities appreciate, it did something to my mind. And then you start putting things in perspective. It's like, well, I could spend 120 on this thing 
right? A pair of sweatpants or pants, whatever it is, or I could buy a share of Apple stock. And that share, not only is it going to give me a dividend, but it's going to appreciate in time. A pants is going to get out of style in two years. It's going to thread. It's going to wash out. It's going to do what it's going to wear and tear. This Apple stock is going to keep going, right? And so then you start, you start measuring things differently, right? And so things that are consistent with what you want, you focus on that and you will make those decisions. It, it will guide you where you, where you want to be. You know, when I talk to a lot of either accountants or just financial advisors, I feel like the conversation always comes up with the saving and investing. Like I've heard some accountants say, you know, uh, invest more than you save. But then I've heard some mm-hmm. financial advisors say, no, save more than you invest. So like, you know, let's have that conversation. This Yeah. You can obviously do both. I encourage you to do both. But what I will say is the habit of saving, the habit of putting aside money, that exercise is probably the most important attribute you you can get in your wealth building journey. That discipline that it takes to say, I'm going to put this aside and save this. Because that same discipline is what you're going to use to invest, right? Because it's all about consistency, right? Nelson, time in the market beats time in the market. Right, so it's all about the consistency, it's all about the habit building. So I say first, save that emergency savings. People, you should have four to six months. Some people might say more than that, but I think anything over in the four, well, four to six months, anything over in the four to six months in savings, to me, is just uh, just to make you feel good. At that point, it has no, to me, it has no, no, no use. Like, because the savings is just for emergencies. God forbid something goes down, Someone lost a job, uh, it's a medical uh, emergency, you pull that money, you take it out for that. After you get that four months, four to six months, any other thing, any money from there should go to some kind of investment vehicle. And that's how I, that's my strategy that I use and I encourage my clients to do. So get get that habit, you have to save, right? Because you don't want to start um, investing a whole lot of stuff and not saving market takes a tank and you get that emergency, what you're going to do? You're going to have to take that investment, sell it at a low point, which is the worst time, right? At that point, you should be actually buying stuff and then you have to sell it because you don't have any emergency savings. So I will say you get that four to six months and then after that, go aggressively towards uh, investing. Yeah, because I noticed like when I um, took the strategy of saving and I minimally invested um, you know, like when I got my bank statement, the dividend was like maybe eight cents from my bank. And I'm sitting here like, damn, that's it. You know, I got 20 Coke stocks. So, you know, I'm getting, I mean, it ain't balling, but I'm doing all right with the investments. Like, I mean, you know, when that dividend come, I could go buy a case of Coke on them. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So, but yeah, so let's, um, okay. I, I like that. So I have a question about, you said uh, four to six months now, is that four to six months of um, as far as the amount, is that four to six months of uh, all of your bills, or is that four to six months of like, I guess your most important bills? Uh, I would say four to six months of all of your bills, right? So like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't save four to six months of tithes because right? it's tithing, it's tithing of your income. So I, I won't, I won't do that. I wouldn't say uh, four to six months of 
saving because that's kind of like redundant, right? So I wouldn't put that into the calculation either. Just be like, what is it? What are the expenses that allow me to survive? You know, or, you know, how much do I roughly spend on, on food? You know, food, water, shelter, right? You need some place to sleep. You need, you need to be able to have a, a bed and a roof over your head. That expense has to be accounted for. You need water, you need electricity, you know, you, kids need to look, you know, they need to do their homework, right? <laughs> they need to be able to see, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So that goes very basic essential things. It's definitely priority. That I wouldn't do four to six months of uh, discretionary spending, right? Like at this point, what's the what's the point in that, right? So the um, the, the spending that the savings that you may have for maybe a vacation budget budget. I'm not I'm not counting that. I'm talking like the needed items that get you throughout the day that um survive. You need to make sure that the, the ground from you isn't pulled, the rug isn't pulled under you. Those expenses that keep you going. Gotcha. And how um how important you know because like for me for example like right now I'm basically investing everything. Like if I got extra money, I'm in, I'm buying I'm buying Coke and Pepsi. Like I'm I'm just on it right now. You know I got in at Coke when it was like forty nine and it's like fifty nine now, and I got like twenty well twenty point twenty three. You know what I'm saying? But um that but that leads to my question. So. Let's say I have a thousand dollars to play with. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend I put the whole thousand in the stocks? Would you recommend I put some of it in the savings? Like, if I had a spare grand to play with, what financial advice would you give? Uh -huh. And you already have, um, and you already have your savings done. Like your savings is where it needs to be already. Well, no, because you said four to six months. So, yeah. you know, I, my savings isn't four to six months. Um, but like I said, what I've been doing is instead of putting the money in my savings, mm -hmm. I've been investing it instead. So I, 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 it's not like I don't have it. I'm just saying for sure. me, I'm playing the markets and it's working out pretty nice. So, you know, I mean? like I'm not, I'm not going to say it's discouraging me from saving, but it's kind of sure. like, I know what you mean. Why put the money in my savings account? It's not, it's just sitting there. I'm right. investing and I'm up. Some money, you know what I mean. Right. So talk. Yeah, so, so give us some advice on that. Yeah. So if you just have a, if you just have a G and you're not at that goal, I would do a, I would do a percentage, right? I would maybe say twenty eighty, and I would put that eighty into savings right now, just because and get to that forty and get to that six months. It doesn't have to be six months, right? You know, get get to that piece. Bare minimum three. Bare minimum three. If you want to say, okay, I got to three, let me go back to the uh, investing aggressively. If you don't have a line of defense, you know, I, I'll tell you something, right? I'll tell you something. In um, last year, 2020, COVID hit. COVID hit. Uh, I was with a, I almost cursed. I was with a crap company, right? I was, I was with a crap company. Things not working out. So I had to leave that job during a pandemic and try to find a job. It just my wife was pregnant, second child. She got a new job. I had a new job at the time. Just purchased a house. Right? This is like the first quarter of 2020, first, second quarter of 2020. How was I? <laughs> There's no way I could have, first is God, first of all, without God. 
and without some savings, no way, right? And that that feeling, I tell you what, brother, that feeling of not knowing where that check is coming from is a scary feeling, man. It's a, it's a very vulnerable feeling. But, and, uh -huh. but Alan, if you didn't have your emergency savings, right. You, you see what I'm saying? It gives you that cushion. Gives you that cushion. So you, that cushion. Out. So you can think like, you see, in that situation. Peace of mind. Right. You can't, you can't think because you're going you're gonna to make the wrong decision 100% of the time because you're in panic mode. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a very good point. That's right. So you didn't point. panic. You had, you, had your, you had your emergency savings. Right. Because that's true. Like that peace of mind allows you to have, make better decision making. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I didn't jump at the the first job that came to me. I didn't jump at, you know, I just, all right, get your mind right, deal with what you have to deal with, stay focused, keep building, right? And so now- and You said a, a key word there, you, 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 nothing really stopped. You kept building. You didn't have to pull from places you shouldn't pull, pulling money out of the market. You see what right. I'm saying? And right. then stealing right. from a version of yourself. So right. it's really key. To have that foundation, like you said, defense. You have to have a line of defense. Yeah, that, that's called a defensive strategy. Yeah. That it's is kind of like, you know, what they say, uh, you know, defense wins championships, right? You can't look at any, the NBA has changed a whole lot now, right? The old school guys are probably like, you don't play defense anymore. But, you know, you look at the Bucks, right? The, the Bucks between injuries, you know, not injuries in the NBA, but that defense, man, right? That defense is what got them there. You need defense. You, you know, otherwise, listen, Mike D'Antoni was the greatest coach ever, but he's not because he's just an offensive coach. He doesn't play any defense. The team can play defense. So you, you, you have to have the defensive strategy, brother. It will come. It will come. It's just patience. I, if I understand what you're going through, it, but it will come. It will come. And the, the, the market does this. You know, it's always, there's going to be a dip. There's going to be another one. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works, though. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you uh, had some time for us today, you know, because when you told me you were passionate about, you know, wealth building and financial literacy, I was like, yeah, this is what yeah. we need right now. You know what I'm saying? That's perfect. So, okay. Um, and I'll say this too, man, like you, you can do stuff like use YouTube and like Facebook and all the social media stuff. People say you should avoid those things, right? But you can use it, right? They build a profile on you based on what you search. If you keep searching LeBron James, you can get some more LeBron James stuff. You can get Lakers stuff being, you know, pushed to you. You can get, you know, maybe Russell Westbrook stuff pushed to you. You start searching YouTube financial literacy, wealth building. Stop following different people that are going to educate you. Then your profile, it's, it's, it doesn't discriminate. It's going to naturally start saying, oh, well, let's cover a different rule. Let's, let's cover something else. He, his profile actually says financial literacy and wealth building. Resources will come to you. Right, like you attract what you focus on, and and even just in the literal sense of just searching for things, you're gonna you focus on those things, and you it's gonna the universe works that way. And it's not there's no one that can tell me after like what I've been through last year. Not only did I not miss a beat, but my net worth went up last year, and 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 for maybe I don't know six weeks, uh, I don't know, maybe two months, of, I had no job. I mean, net worth went up. There's no way that could have happened without God and, and this, you know? So you, you just like, y'all are doing the right things. I think having this, this platform where you can discuss with each other, you can speak with each other, sharing ideas, 
you know, you're just going to get smarter. Like iron sharpens iron. You, you're going to get smarter. You're going to get better at it. And, you know, like, so I, I yearn for knowledge because I know I don't know everything, you know, so I'm almost like, what's next to you? And uh, as far as like, I don't, I'm not a financial advisor, but what I would, <laughs> Nelson might cringe when I say this, but uh, everyone make, everyone make their own decisions, right? And, and Nelson block your ears or something. But <laughs> as far as when you, when you get into investing, you are your best asset. You don't necessarily need someone to tell you how to invest, right? You could invest. There are people out here who have invested, they tell you not to do this, but five stocks. And they got everything in five stocks, right? Uh, what's his name? Um, Warren Buffett said, people diversify when they don't know what they're doing. So not to say like, all right, I'm just going to put all this in Nikola, Tesla, and these really risky things. Man, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. But learn. Start small. Think big. Right? Look at different companies. Look at what they're doing. Look at what's happening around you. Right? Everything's about data. Data, data, data. What do you use every day? Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Um, I use those things every day. So where's my money going? Facebook stuff. For sure, easily, right? You look through your wallet, right? If you look, through, look in your wallet, what does that emblem say in the bottom right-hand corner, right? More than likely, four to five times it says Visa or MasterCard. Where's my investment? Visa, right? What I what uh what I'm on my phone using to surf? Apple. What my wife is using Apple. Apple, right? Is you don't have to overthink it. It is right. It's right in front of you. Right, like what do you use to search thing? What is YouTube, Google, and these, and then you look at their, their financials. These these um, companies: Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, Amazon, the great one. And this is no secret. I got to tell you straight up: Amazon, Google, Facebook. I said Apple already. Yeah, Microsoft. Look at the yep. look at the look at the balance sheet. Look at the cash. They literally have more cash than countries, and that's not hyperbole speaking. That's like facts. There are countries that do not have as much cash as Apple does. So where are you gonna put my money? Apple. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have to overcomplicate it. We like to look at these home runs all the time and try to get like, oh yeah, I'm putting my money in, in, in these risky investments. That's where you get burnt. You don't have to do that. You know, and like I said, it's like you start paying attention, it's all around you. You just gotta, you just have to be, you have to be open to it. And that's why I always start with mindset, because if your mind isn't open. If you haven't started change, making that switch, it's right in front of you, but you won't see it. So you have to open your mind first, and then everything that was always there is going to repair. It didn't just show up. It's always been there. Where your receptors are on now. Now you're seeing it. Now you're processing the information different. And uh, last thing was that I, I could ramble, dude. Like, like, I love this. Stuff. I talk about this all day. Um, I spoke with uh, a multimillionaire. I was having a conversation with him. I was just asking him to say, hey, like, what you doing with your money? And I'm just, I'm just trying to get what he's doing, right? Like this guy's a real life cash money millionaire, right? Very unassuming guy too, right? Drives a swagless car, uh, does not dress with any swag at all, but owns um, a lot of very high quality real estate, very wealthy guy. And I asked him a series of questions to get to his answer, to get what would he do with his money? And he said to me, he said, real estate has worked for me 40 he said, said over 40 years and he's like why would i change that now i was like boom 
Got it. Say less. Thank you. Get to invest in real estate. And that's just one thing. Get to invest in equities. Get to invest in real estate. Get to invest in your own business. And even you can invest with a crypto too if you want to. But like the main thing is equities, real estate, businesses. That's, you got to invest in those things. And obviously yourself. You got to invest in yourself. Like Wall Street Journal. I, I, I know I was questioning myself. I was like, man, do I really want to spend you know, $5.99 a month or whatever? Man, I got, I, I pissed $5.99. What, what, what am I thinking about? Right? Invest in yourself. I got that Wall Street Journal subscription right off because I get articles all the time. It opens my mind. Oh, let me check this out. Let me dig into this. Right? You get a, you get invested in yourself as well. Right? Because we invest in this other subscriptions that we do, you know, Disney Plus and all that. These things are stock too. You, you invest in all these other things for entertainment. Then when it comes to like educating yourself, then we want to all of a sudden become like the most star budget person now. Now we, now, we want, now we care about budget now when it's time for like a Wall Street Journal subscription or something like that. I mean, we didn't care before, you know? So like invest in yourself, man. You got to invest in yourself. And you will, when you plant those seeds, you, you plant in a rich soil, it's, it's the laws of the universe. It has to bear fruit, man. It's unavoidable. It has to bear fruit. And real quick, before we let you go, man, um, because, you know, we hear equities all the time, equities, but break down equities. So when I mention equities, I'm talking, I'm talking stocks, I'm not talking bonds, I'm talking straight stocks, the bonds, Nelson cover your ears. I'm not messing with bonds right now. I'm too young. I'm too young for that. And I'm 30 and I'm still too young above that. Right. So <laughs> Nelson cover your ears. Right? <laughs> so, so, so I'm talking straight stock and there's private equities, right? So stock being a share of a company, right? You have ownership of a company, uh, albeit the different sizes of that ownership that you want to have, that share of that company. Uh, that gives you rights of ownership. Uh, again, this country is about ownership. And one of the best ways to do that is going on a change market to purchase stocks of different companies, equities of a different company. Uh, there's also private equity, which is more risky because now all the information isn't available, right? The SEC and the government, they, they want to protect investors, right? Because the, the country runs on the market. If there's no faith in the market, it'll come collapsing down. So they invest a lot of money in transparency, trying, trying to protect people, making sure to send people to jail as much as they can to maintain that faith in the stock market. If there's no faith in the stock market, it'll come crashing down. And America is not about that life, right? America is about that money. That's why when stuff goes bad, um, look, follow the money. <laughs> follow the money. Oh, uh, Obama was there in office. Shout out to the God, Obama, right? Obama was in office. Market crashed. What did he do? He built all the corporations. Trump came in there. No shout outs to him. When the market crashed, what did he do? Build the company. <laughs> bail of the corporations. Everything's interconnected. It's right there. Like it's right in front of you, right? Like you don't have to look anywhere else. It's right in front of you. They invest money in what's important to the country. And no matter your political affiliation, the liberalist, the most liberal person versus the most conservative person, when the market crashed, they both invested money in the corporations. So where should you invest your money? In the corporations. <laughs> in real estate, right? How to, how to, 
How do you feel about cryptocurrency? You know, I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I, I know what uh, well, the reason I'm asking. So I'm sure you probably had some, you know, back back room discussions, and so you can let us brothers know what, what you're all discussing behind on the board tables. You know, for, as far as crypto, I think it's going to be around. Uh, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fraud and a lot of uh, mismanagement, misappropriation of money going on with a lot of these cryptos, right? A lot of these things are, are rackets and Ponzi, which are called pump and dumps. Going on a lot of cryptocurrencies, you got to be like super careful. The only two that I care for will be Bitcoin, just because it's the, it's the OG, it's the grandfather, it's been there forever. Uh, the technology behind it is outdated. We all know that it's not efficient. We all know that, but it's gone to two crashes the housing crash, and the COVID crash, it's still here. So, it's legitimized. Right, now he's, now he's legitimate now. Right, now, now he's an OG now. Like, you know, guys go through the street, they get, they get bumps and bruises and they come through. That's like OG now. Like, you, you listen to what he says now, right? So, because of that, it's like, as a store of value, I see it. The one I really believe in is Ethereum because the technology is better there. Uh, you already see Jack, uh, what's his name? The, the owner of Twitter. What, what, what's the owner of Twitter, uh, Nelson? Help me out. Owner what? He, he owns Twitter and he owns he just Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. Dorsey. Thank you. Jack Dorsey. Okay. See what Jack Dorsey is doing, right? He's signaling. He's signaling. He bought he bought a whole uh, amount of shares in title. He also is a big believer in Ethereum, right? And Twitter. Look what he's doing. And there's 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 what they call smart contracts with Ethereum, where you can build something where the ownership always goes back down to the owner and the owner always gets credit no matter what happens, no matter where it goes. Ethereum is able to do that. The technology there is able to do that. So look at what he's doing. He, he's a big Ethereum uh, believer and investor. He also bought title. Where is he going? One could summarize some possibilities there. If you're an aspiring artist, you want to make music. You're tired of your music being pirated. People are using you, using your music without giving the credit. For you want to get your, um, your royalties on your music. What if there was a smart contract through Ethereum? I make my music through Title. Once anyone uses it to do anything, to do anything, someone uses it to do a meme, to do a Facebook this, to put it on their uh, Instagram, you get a piece of it. Someone uses it in, in a club somewhere, which you should do, but there are ways of people, that people get under it, right? There are ways people to not give you what you, you just do because of the loopholes. That smart contract closes that loophole. Now you don't need a... Um, you don't need a Sony or a, a big record company or anything like that now because you as an, an independent artist, you have a smart contract through title, through Ethereum, you're protected, right? So like, just based on that technology of how, and you see it now, people buying these uh, non-fungible tokens, these NFTs, right? There's some signal going on here where they're trying it out. He, he sold his first tweet for how much money, right? They, they're signaling, they're trying it out. Hey, this is the direction we would like to go. And if that takes off, Ethereum will take off with it because it's the means of doing it. But those are the only two that I miss. And people say Cordona as well, but then like 
it gets too um, speculative. And I'm, I'm not trying to put my money in very speculative items. I'm trying to put my money in you know, things that I know for sure is going to give me a return. So, so I believe in it, but like, I'm tripping it. Be careful. <laughs> and what's the, you know, like, you know, this Black Men's Sunday. So what's the biggest mistake we make with our money? Man, you're the biggest mistake I've seen, I think, is um, all this, I call it like virtue sig- signaling. This, this, like, this, this social, this social capital that we, we're trying to buy that is not worth a hot damn. In things that don't, don't add value, just to shit. Like, and I, and I see that. Some of my homies too, but like, they, they go and they rent, they rent like a Tesla or they rent like a, a, a Porsche or a Lambo and they take a picture with it. Or, or what are you selling? Right? That could make sense if you're selling something. If you're selling, like, hey, I have my own executive company, executive car company or some crap, or, you know, I'm selling this, this kind of lifestyle where, I could, which is kind of some, some BS anyway, but you follow me and you subscribe to me, I can show you how you can do this. BS, but at least you have like a, a plan, right? At least, at least like you're, you're, there's a strategy behind it. We do a lot of stuff just for these likes. These likes don't do shit. These likes, are these likes give you dollars? You know, like some cases it can give you dollars, but you have to have a strategy behind it. So, I, I feel like folks like, and it's so something so frustrating to me sometimes too. The, the car, folks buy cars, they see car loans or car notes as a sunk cost, meaning like it's always going to be there. No, it doesn't always have to be there, right? People's like, oh, it's about five years, man. Any exchanges and and they'll how to get you is like, well, I've been paying three fifty a month. I could get this new brand new version for three fifty a month, or maybe three hundred a month. It might as well I do that, man. Yeah. Then you keep leasing or you keep paying a car note in perpetuity. That money is not, at the end of it, it's the end of 15, 20 years, you already bought car five times over. You already put $40,000 into something that you still do not own. Doesn't make any sense, man. Like it's it just, just a complete waste. You know, I have a client right now, and one day I'm, I'm going to talk to him because he's doing well, and they see him on Instagram with a lot of frivolous crap that doesn't do anything. And I'm gonna have a conversation with him one day because it pisses me off. Like, yo, what a good opportunity here. There's a lot of capital that's not doing anything. Like these likes, you can't spend likes. You know? Now it's different where you could flip, you can flip like followers, right? If you get a lot of Instagram followers, you can flip like different um, endorsements, you know, marketing strategies, people will pay to do certain things. And I get that, but if I talk to you and it's like you just want to just want it safe, just to feel good about yourself, you're doing it wrong. You know, have a have a goal, have a strategy, invest in something that's going to give you back money. And that's that's that I probably is a pet peeve of mine. Man. Just kind of just, just kind of seeing that kind of stuff. It's just it's just a waste. So let's say, man, I don't have when I pay bills every month. I don't have any extra money. How can I financially, um, you know, I can't do the four to six months because when yeah. I pay bills, I got yeah. fifty dollars left. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So let's let's talk to me about that. Like, I don't have a G. I don't have five hundred to play with. Mm-hmm. I'm tight. You know what I'm saying? What advice would you give to people in those situations where you know what I'm saying? 
No, yeah, that's real. Um, here's an answer that is gonna sound like I'm being facetious, but I'm not. Come with that budget, dude. Budget, right? Not only the budget, <laughs> you gotta make more money. Make money, right? So you gotta make money. So you gotta look and see. All right, if you're in a situation and a job, you talk to your supervisor. What do I have to do to get that position like this? Mm-hmm. Right? You gotta go that way. I did that. I I did that. Um, Nelson, I did that in the state, but they played me, so they had to get those deuces. I was like, yo, I want that position. What do I have to do? And they played me. So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna see what Caterpillar talking about. And I did a Caterpillar too. I want that FP&A position that well, they call it senior business analyst position. I spoke to people about that. What do I have to do to get that position? Right, that, that position is it's a salary grade A. So you, you know what I mean, Nelson. You know that's, that's a desirable that's a desirable yeah. position, right? well over six um, figures. Right. But it's about six figures, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> but, um, so it's like what I have to do is like find ways to make money. So if it's gonna be at this job, find out what it is I have to do to get a bonus. What is it that I have to do to get a promotion? Then if it's this not the route. Get out, get a second get a second job. I was ready and able to do. I was, I was that close to getting a second job. I was ready to go work at the mall, work at Dillard's. So I was going to be an auditor for the state and working for Dillard's on the weekend. And I didn't give a shit because I needed more money. So you gotta like, you gotta suck it up, make that sacrifice, and do what you gotta do, right? So get another job. Find ways of look look intrinsically what it is that you can offer. Right now, my my hustle is what is it I can do? Well, I can do accounting. I can do taxes. You know, I used to bookkeep. I, I learned from Caterpillar, which is I think is one of the Caterpillar Financial, one of the best companies out there. So I take elements of that with my own business, right? So I took it from them, learned the game from them, and then enriched myself to get money for myself which my own business. So you got to like find your own business, create your own business. Cause that's one of the cheapest things to do is creating your own business, right? It's you, you know, a service with yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't cost much money to create your own business. And then it doesn't cost you much money to talk to people at your job to say, Hey, what is it I have to do to get this? And it doesn't cost you much to get another hustle, right? You get you have the strategy, get the other hustle. Once you get the, the income where you need it to be, where the spot where you need to go, then you cut those things off. Use the company, cut it off, on to the next one. So that's what I would say. So Alan, let me let me let me say this. Now in the that is something, yes, that is something that you absolutely need to do for in the perpetuity of your career. But like small wins, mm. the budget, oh, yeah, a lot of sure. people will be surprised what they sure. can cut out. Subscriptions. Yeah, yeah. Um, Things of that nature will also get you or squeak you out that's more true. than you. You're never going to know unless you write it down. That's true. That's a good point. That's a very good point. You, we spend money is being siphoned in ways that you don't know until you write it down. You, you, you'd be surprised if you spend, what you spend money on. Like, you know, how much money do you spend on gas? I, I could tell you right now, I spend this family, we spend about two, maybe $250 a month on gas. Like, I have a budget, I, I can see it. Right, I know, right? So when things go out of right, I, like out of whack, I know. Like we, we spend maybe about 150 on a light bill. 
So when it goes up, I'm like, yo, 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 why is this 200, right? Because like, that's money leaking, that I, I'm not prepared for it to leak like that. So I need, I need, to, I need to block that hole, right? So stuff like that. Okay, and um, before we let you go, you know, we keep, you know, you you so good. I I keep wanting to ask you stuff, but um, you know, let's say because I know, like, I was talking to my father-in-law, and he was like, "Man, I don't believe in the stock market, man. That's basically legalized gambling." Probably you know, I, he said he told me he dropped, he told me he lost fifty grand in the stock. He said he retired in two thousand. Mm-hmm. He said he lost fifty grand in the stock. So whenever I go over his house, or I call him on the phone, or we Facetime or whatever. And he always is like, um, nah, you're wasting your money on the stock market. Mm-hmm. So for the people that don't believe in the stock market, what other options besides the stock market can you know can give you that equity? Yeah, uh, real estate. But I said back to the, back to that though. The, the short answer is real estate. That's a short answer. Uh, but I'll also say, if you look at the uh, spy. Nelson knows what SPY is, right? SPY is the, essentially an ETF, an exchange-traded fund that mimics the S&P 500, the Standard & Poor's 500. Standard & Poor's 500 is an index of, that measures 500 of the top companies that they've chosen that they feel is going to identify or define the market and how the market is supposed to perform, right? So the 500 companies that they've chosen, they measure that over a series of time and that's an indicator. So if you, if you look in the money news or something, you see the NASDAQ, you see the Dow, you see the S&P, right? That's what it is, right? An indicator to see how the market is going. If you look at the S&P 500 from the time it started to now, up this way. Everything. NASDAQ, up this way. Dow, up this way. They all go up. It all goes up. Now, yes, does it have bad times? Yeah, you got your 2001s, you got your sevens and eights you got your quick little blip in 2020 it always goes up always so that's why if anything the easiest thing to do is to put your money in an index fund that mimics the s&p 500 and then you could do that and not think about it right you can just google it right now i anyway now it's the sp spy lifetime earnings or spy earnings from 2001 to 2021 and it'll show you they say well this one year it went down negative 20 percent next year it went up 40 percent following year it went up 15 percent went up 20 percent it always bounces back if you, if you google the chart right you change the scope if you google the chart and let's say 2006 to 2007 the chart is going to do that it's going to go all the way down you pull the scope out right the time frame you change that to 2005 to 2021, that dip is going to look like that, right? So it's doing a lot of this. When you pull it out, it's actually doing this. It always goes up. So it's it's about being patient. It's about um, being smart about it, not putting it all in one stock and i know i said to just concentrate your stocks up to five but like if you don't want to get into that is that too advanced for you you just put it in sp s&p 500 forget about it you be straight and i have a question too what about options like you know the calls yeah i don't i don't bang with options <laughs> no no 
you're doing. I don't, <laughs> I don't bang with options. So the thing with options, right? If you're gonna bang with them, um, you bang with um, you bang, you bang with call options, okay? Because the downside on, on put options is, is essentially uh, infinity, right? You seen, you saw that with what they did with um, GameStop, and when they were trying to really squeeze those companies with, with the short squeeze, the losses in that are infinite. Right, because something could go up forever, right? Things go down to zero, and that's it. But you do, you do, um, <laughs> you use put options, right? Or you try to short the stock, your, your loss becomes infinite. So I don't mess with it because it takes too much research and involvement for me. I like things that, because uh, time is a currency, right? You you need your time. Time is a currency. Uh, you don't want to exchange all your time for money. You want to put your money in something that you probably put some time on the front end, then you can put it in and you can be you can be easy. You can rest assured. Right? That's what that's what you that's where you want to put your money and have it live, have it do what it's what it does, but it's gonna it's gonna go up. Real estate does that for you, equities do that for you, right? Uh, options, it takes a lot of research, still a lot of time. It, it, the swings are, are, are violent. They're kind of crazy. No, yeah, like people, do people make crazy money? You could YouTube just easy and people are like, oh yeah, I make millions of dollars just, just trading options. They don't tell you all the L's to be taken. People pay, pay, who mess with options take mad L's. Big L's. They don't tell you about the L's. They just tell you about all the W's that they, they take, right? And sometimes they end a year, if they end of the year at the top, you know, where they, where they net, net positive, you know, they feel good and they tell you all about it. I can almost guarantee that they're going to be years where they, they don't. So I don't, personally, I don't mess with it. I need to keep my things simple. Like I got a couple things going on, right? Like I'm trying to do a social presence. I'm, just, I'm trying to manage my real estate. Uh, I got a, I got, I'm a CFO. I got my job. I got, I got my, uh, my firm that I'm trying to manage. And I have my equities that I'm doing. I don't have time to be clicking and if I miss a minute, I get, I get pulled away anytime. If I'm at work and someone pulls me away for something, I pull away. I could come back with options. You get pulled away for five minutes, you you done lost 50%. I, I can't <laughs> I can't do that. I can't mess with stuff that has that margin of error. I need something that's gonna uh be more shout out to, shout out to the young king, the young prince over there, man. Because uh I got my lesson for today. Time is currency. Oh yeah, for like sure. my mindset already changed, just that mindset, you know what I'm saying. Yo, just on just on that, yeah, that's a gem for you to, to understand. Time is currency. Not only is time currency, time is the most valuable currency because you can't get that back. That's true. You can get everything else back, but you can't get time back. So you always right. got to balance what you're spending your time on. So, yeah, that's definitely a gem. Glad you picked up on that one. That's a gem. Yeah, I'm about to have wifey, you know what I'm saying? You know, we on this shirt. To, I'm about to have wifey make me a shirt. Time is currency. I'm about I like to make that. one of them. Yeah, man. And look at that business right there, man. See, I love it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, as far as from a business, the business owner's perspective, what advice would you give as far as, you know, because when with the COVID and just life in general, a lot of businesses went under. What advice would you give for business longevity? Uh, you have to know how to pivot, man. And that's like not a very specific answer. It's kind of a generalized answer. And I'm not trying to BS you, but like it's true because the pivot depends on what industry you're in. Uh, so I'll give you a quick story. My, my cousin owns a pharmacy in the Virgin Islands, right? Three, three, four years, maybe four years ago. I don't know if you guys recall, there were two Category 5 hurricanes that came through 
ravaged the island, completely destroyed the island, right? He happens to be on the same grid as the hospital. So they prioritize giving him power. So now here's one thing he could have done. He could have been like, oh crap, it, we don't know what to do. People are gonna be locked in, there's a storm. It's gonna take a long rule for recovery. What am I gonna do? And I just gotta just let it happen to me. Or you can pivot. He took that um, devastation, because of a complete devastation of the island and pivoted where he used that as a strength and now he became his sales increased over that because what he did is day one when everyone was locked in and everything was shut down they went and they drove to their pharmacy moving uh using sticks to move power lines out the way and everything just to get there got there opened up and then let the newspaper know while Walgreens was closed, while Rite Aid was closed, we were here for you. We were open. And cut an ad in the newspaper, told the government, and they became the, the pharmacy of the Virgin Isles. And they, they took over scripts. They, so the guys that didn't think like that, they bought pharmacies because they shut down. Let me grab that. Thank you. And bought that during, during the, the time of like devastation. He used that and grew his um, grew his pharmacy. So that during COVID, like you just have to, you have to pivot, right? What is it? What, what are people doing now? You know, like the verses of Swiss Beats and Timbaland, awesome idea, man. And you get a focus of time. And I guess I would say this: with the time current, we say time is currency. You need time to strategize about the business. If you're doing too much, right? You're doing and which happens a lot with small businesses. You're the accountant, you're the head marketing chief, you're the head operating officer, you're, 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 you're the janitor, can't do all that and still be CEO. It's tough, right? So you, you gotta capitalize um, other people's time. You gotta hire people if you can, right? And you need to take out a time where you can just focus on your business and think of ideas and strategies. And that's how you're able to stay on top of things. Because if you can't do that, then things are just going to happen to you and you won't be able to pivot. I, I kind of want to backtrack to that four to six month. You know, you really struck a chord with me on that. So, um, but, you know, for the brothers on here that have kids, when you say that four to six months, um, you know, because again, you know, you, you, you discussed the most important, you know, the roof over your head and all that. But for the brothers that have kids, talk about that four to six months finances for them. You know what I mean? Because, you know, um, they have kids as well. So how do you calculate yeah. that into the four to six months? Like, are you calculating the Gerber? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you got to, right? Because like, you know- And um, the Pampas, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, for them. Yeah, for sure. It, you got to, right? Because that, that comes from making that budget though. Once you build that budget, you'll know what your expenses are. So that's why like, we kind of go back to that a whole lot. In order to know what the budget is or what your expenses are, you got to write it down. So that budget, you force you to write it down. You take an inventory of your expenses, what you're spending each month, and you'll know, all right, okay, we, we buy like you know, a couple packs of Pampers each each month or whatever. What's the cost of that? The Gerber cost is, all right, cool, we got that. Um, you know, the food costs this. And you cut what you can, right? Maybe you say, all right, we can't be eating out. You got to cut out the eating out. We can't cut that out of the budget, right? Um, but you're not saving, when you're doing your four to six months to save, saving you're not putting in eating out 
right? Because this is like, quote unquote, like almost emergency survival mode, right? So you're not putting all those luxuries in there. But you got to prioritize, you got to take care of the kids, right? You got you to feed the family. The family needs to be able to use water and need clean water, need electricity. They can't, they need heat, they need cooling, right? You got to like take care of the basic necessities, right? Because there's a thing that, um, kind of going off on a tangent, not a tangent, but a little detour. Uh, they did a study on children that were in environments where they were deficient of food, water, you know, and this common things that you need to survive, right? Survival things, right? Versus children that had everything that they needed. What happens with the mind, especially in the formative years for kids, if, I think they call you don't even quote me on that. I'm not a scientist. Bum that. So I'm not going to say what it is, right? But what happens is your brain focuses on survival as that child. It sticks on survival because food was short. Lighting was short. Things were dangerous. And then it focuses your brain to say, well, we don't have time to flourish in art artistically. We don't have time to flourish in arithmetic and literacy. We don't have time for that. We got to survive. So it actually impedes the development of your child's brain when they're stuck in the survival mode. So you gotta, you gotta make sure you create an environment where your children are not in survival mode. And so that's why that's so important. And when you could find ways to do things that are different, you take them to the park, you could travel, take them to different things, you take them to the zoo, take them to, that's what, like kids that travel, I mean, you have to be privileged to do that, but kids that travel, go out of the country at an early age, their mind just opens up. Right, and they, they did a study and they, they, they measured like how the, the synapses and the connections, that's what it is, the actual synapses that your brain does. There were way more synapses in a child that had what they need and was able to travel and do and experience new experiences than the child just grew up in an environment where there's a survival. So it's a, it's a disservice to your child. So like you, you got to, you have to prioritize that. That's that's great information, man. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, man, you know, I came from a single parent household. We ain't really, you know, besides New York, Virginia, and then, you know, we ain't really traveling nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And then it took me to get a graduate from fam, get a job in Florida to move there. And then the job stopped to travel. So I, I feel what you're saying because like, you know, I remember a lot of the, a lot of the kids, you know, would be talking about, oh, I went here i went i went to nashville yeah I went to la i saw this and that and i'm like oh that's cool i saw that on tv but it you know what i'm saying like it, it hits right. a little different when you know as far as the cuisines you know you go to overseas like right. i still i still haven't been overseas yet that's crazy you'd be surprised i mean it's expensive but it may not be as expensive as you think the deals out there you just gotta keep looking and you, you can you can make it work man like yeah. those those people like privileged people they spend their money on experiences right now it's not like Again, back to what I was saying before, long lasting, right? Not not the thing that fizzles out in the pan. They invest in things that's gonna be long lasting, you know, reoccurring, mind changing, you know what I mean? Things that are continue to, to give you uh, benefits and fruit for years to come. So you, you just gotta, everyone has to shift and think more long-term. We want things immediately. We want like, a, I post up a picture on Facebook, I wanna like immediately. I put it in a microwave. I want my food right now. You know, I, I put it. I, I put it in. Uh, someone said I put my stuff in Dogecoin. I got fifty. You know, five five thousand in in, a, in two days. I want that. Right. We want everything quick, 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 quick. 
doesn't work that way. It's like really easy come, easy go. The things that are last that make sense, nice, they're nice and steady. So we gotta like we gotta switch our mind to like that quick flashing pan stuff and think more long term. And then sometimes sometimes you might like this now, uh, Nelson. You can open your ears now. Insurance, right? Folks don't like to get life insurance because they're like, you know, I ain't gonna be here. Yeah, so why 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 do that? Right? But you gotta think about your children. You know, shout out to my father, he thought about me. I mean, I dropped the bag, but I got knowledge out of it too, right? So because he made the sacrifice to say, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So when I when I pass, I got something for kids, right? So we gotta we gotta think like that. We like the delayed gratification. Put the insurance away. Get you at least the very minimal. Y'all need term insurance at the minimal. Like, I don't believe in that whole life. But you get you some like if something happens, you have that. You know they say time is currency. This is some currency right here. This brother dropping this knowledge. I guarantee you, if, if I had to holler at him on the consultation, it'll be a little expensive. So this is. I'm gonna tell you something. This is not. I'm, I'm not even like. Uh, I, I'm doing. I'm really doing this for the love. For, for, for real. But nah, nah, and I respect that because, like I said, uh, at the end of the day, if I came to your office and sat down with you, I'm paying you by the hour. Like. Well, yeah. Man. So I was gonna say, like, my uh, my rate per hour is 150 an hour. And, and the price is about to go up. My wife just told me your price got to go up. I said, you might be right. We just getting started. So Bet, man. Peace, man. you have time to come back. And, you know, salute to all my brothers out there. Peace. We out of here. Check it.